When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League Rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Five rounds down into the NRL season, and uh, I'm simply confused. Penrith start 2-0, look the goods, now lost three in a row. The Dragons 0-2, crisis mode, they've now won three in a row. Manly's coming last. The Cowboys looked awful, now two good wins in a row. And Cronulla, to get their first win, beat the Roosters. Mm. Yeah, well, that's the way the comp usually runs for the first sort of eight rounds, it's... You can get yourself to 50% and give yourself a chance at the back end of the season and pre-origin. I, I guess most coaches would be happy to be sitting mid-table if you can obviously end up ahead of that. Uh, you'd, be, you'd be wrapped, but uh, end up below that. The alarm bells are going to start to ring, especially for Manly. I think uh, they don't really look like they're improving. I know they've got a lot of injuries. Yeah, well, I think um, there's just more circumstance at the moment. Like but you... I, that result on uh, Saturday, um, that, that surprised me. Forwards, mate. I was adamant last week. Even Gossett wasn't sure of that one. That's the one of the teams I tipped immediately was the Raiders. Just that forward pack, they're really, really, really lacking. And uh, even with the few injuries they've got there, suspensions and no line, no Matai, like you know, experienced edges defensively holding together or roll on, like it just hurts. They're hurting everyone on the field right now. Mm. Everyone keeps talking about the halves. I love the halves, but what do they do without a forward pack? And your defence is always shaky when you're missing two gun centres that have been there forever. Yeah, well, we identified that in the pre-season. They, they sort of let a lot of guys go and didn't really replace them. So well, they were. In they a, don't have a lot of depth there either. No, well, their situation was simple, which is why I thought highly of them. If they kept it together, which they usually seem to do, they're not usually so injury-struck, that uh, if those forwards could at least hold a patch-up job, that one to seven, they could you know still be around the top well, four. I guess it shows the play. value of uh, you know your Stewart, your Watmos, the guys they said, oh, we'll be all right without... With, you know, without him, I think they could. They could the have table. Been. No, could, I, I, you can't. You, you've got to buy somebody, though. No, you could have bought somebody. They didn't buy anyone. That's their problem. They put all their eggs in the one basket with a contract that wasn't signed. It's it, we could go on for for ages, but yeah, it was just mismanaged from money, a variety of different angles. Money wise, though, I got the decision because the back end of deals were there. But the thing I didn't get, like I said, was they you need to be getting something for your cash. Yeah, but they they're, made, left, they're left holding an empty bag. Not even much. the halves, though. They didn't make an effort with the spare money to get any forwards. They simply didn't buy anybody. They just worried about those two contracts, which is really left them looking stupid at the moment. It's, uh, been left holding the bag. Fast five, highlight, low light, best, worst, and questions coming out of the round. Uh, what was your highlight? My highlight and low light is the same game. Yeah, that was obviously Friday. The, the highlight, game. it was a cracker game. So much drama. You know, even the off-field stuff, it just created so much opinion and talk, which is what we love about rugby league. But it's also a low light. Just in, I thought there was, I thought the referees were outstanding. I thought they handled it as good as I've ever seen an officiating team handle a situation in the NRL, apart from the fact I think um, they, James Graham probably deserved to get 10 in the bin. Um, but 
you know, that probably would have incited the crowd even more. The crowd behaviour was horrendous. Uh, they, they've injured a, I think it was a touch judge. Yeah, it was a sideline interchange official. He fell over and broke. Been his... training for six months or eight months for a marathon that's coming up very soon, and he's now not going to be able to compete. Like that. That aside from the incident itself, yeah, it's just yeah, a horrendous look for the game. Um, What's and it worse? overshadowed what I thought was a, a really a tough and grinding, willing game. A game which I thought the Bulldogs. I'm still trying to work out how they how they lost it because they 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 look like they dominated for 65 minutes. Um, I think they got the call cor- absolutely correct. Uh, all the calls absolutely correct. I was convinced after watching it live that there should have been a penalty for Josh Millard. Morris. Uh, pushing Morris, but if you watch it again, a, a Canterbury player actually pushes Millard onto Morris, so I'm sort of okay with that decision. Um, but man, what a what an absolute debacle it turned out to be! And um, I think the NRL's got it right that you know they've charged those players with dissent. Uh, I think they've handled the situation fairly well. Um, obviously, now I think what everyone's waiting for is to see what happens to these knuckleheads that were throwing plastic bottles. Well, the club reckons they can identify them. Uh, my other concern but is... My concern is how are they going to identify... Uh, obviously, they can identify the photo, but how are they then going to know who it is? No, I don't know. They reckon they can identify them. That's they're going to put, them up, put them up on the internet or put well, them up obviously on Obviously, they've, the they've or... been members for a long time. They probably know who they are from, I don't know, club functions and other ongoings and whatnot. They're yeah, but I would have thought close. not all of them... I, I, I got a little bit annoyed when they said it would be members. Obviously, it's a member section, but... Yeah, but they're allowed you know to go yourself, into the tunnel when, at the end of a game. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's it free, be free rain. Five minutes after... Well, it wouldn't have been five minutes. It was a minute or two after full-time, obviously. My more issue is what they'll talk about afterwards. With all the people ringing in, blowing up, saying we're stereotyped, we're stereotyped. You are, but... We're by a minority. By the minority. Everyone's stereotyped by a so minority. So that's, that's simple shape in a situation like this. We're not pointing the finger at the 99% that do the right thing. Yeah. But uh, in case of the people on the trains that were getting bullied by Bulldogs fans and a kid who supposedly got hit outside by somebody, yeah. um, all those things, they're all just absolutely disgusting acts and they should all be banned for life and kept away from the football. Yeah, they should be. But, uh, yeah, but that, that was horrible. And the other one that probably was even more disappointing is the yelling uh, at the South players who the Bulldogs decided with South that they were going to put them exiting through their tunnel instead of going through the normal tunnel where the uh, the referees went back through. So they went in through the same tunnel and, and the long way back to the dressing chairs. Well, I think the sooner we, the sooner we as, as bad as this may sound, it might come out the wrong way, but the, this, the moment that we start to protect referees, I think you're sort of acknowledging that behaviour. I think we need to just rid the game of that behaviour. Well, the referees should in no way, shape or form feel threatened coming off a field. No, That's well, ridiculous. In, in a smaller area, to get an idea today, I still read the local Canberra paper just because I'm linked to it from when I was down there. Uh, I got a link to the Canberra Times today explaining why they've had a problem um, finding referees in general just to do their junior and their local football for, it hasn't flown for a smaller group area. and that They were explaining similar from the weekend. Uh, the little stories that you don't hear, but they've had massive problems having referees sign up the last couple of years, and they've even got the situations where blokes are doing extra games or almost having to cancel games just for their local football. We know ourselves. Like we've been involved in the junior league out here at Penrith for almost 20 years, and there's there's not a weekend that goes by without some sort of drama with a referee. Well, I've, I've only been involved well, crowd with one really, one really bad one, and it was handled brilliantly. I'm not saying that we've been involved with no, because we always treat I mean, the referees fair, and that's not saying I mean, that you've, you know, you've referees, that, there's been times witnessed. when you know, I've got frustrated with referees, but I've never, ever gone up to a referee and not shaken his hand after the game and said thank you, whether they've carved us or, or not. I don't mean in that regard. I mean, just witnessed something Yeah, I know that, but I just... Now. 
I've witnessed you one. You hear about it every weekend. There's a drama as somewhere a, along the line. As a player, the worst thing I witnessed, I was a captain in a game, I'm not going to name the club, uh, in an under-17s game, and they'd given away six or seven penalties in a row. They were getting grabby. We were beating this side uh, by 20 or 30 in a semi-final. Their season was over. The captain was half the reason things were going on. His fifth penalty in a row goes up the ref. He said, mate... I might put you in the bin. He said, mate, I'll stab you in the car park, blah, blah, blah. You're a grab, I'll kill you. And he's like, all right, you're off. And then three others went on with the same kind of stuff. I'll stab you, I'll do this. They all got bans, but they only got banned for like a year. Mm. And I thought, you can't say that. Park football even. Like, you just said you were going to kill a referee over a game of football. Mm. Like, that's 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 the worst I've witnessed. But mm. I, I'm not surprised when I read an article like I did today over the Canberra Times saying that they struggle to find numbers or people that want to jump in to be referees because... Mm. Yeah, I wouldn't want to be subject to that abuse. And I don't think sure. it's just insulated to rugby league. Like, we treat officials nah. poorly in a lot of sports. And... Well, soccer they brought up the other day, and they're disgraceful. They they get around like a bunch of seagulls chasing a chip. They'll touch him and swarm him. They do a really good but job that's because there. that's because it's allowed. Yeah, like, that's what I'm But I can't believe how well they hold you touch a ref, when, you should be red card straight away. Yeah, just... Yeah. Well, that's your high and your low. That's my high and low. Yeah, I thought the game till the 78th minute was an absolute spectacle. It was great to watch. And then the low light was obviously the way it, way it all finished, well, the controversy around it. My low light, just because we touched on that, was the same thing. Dogs, the bottles, that whole situation. Uh, Clemmer, Graham, that was disgusting. I think Leisha took an early guilty plea as well. Apparently he had a crack at the ref as well. Those, so yeah. uh, I'll get straight off the low light. We've been to that. My highlight was the Sharks doing what had been going about the first few weeks. They only made four errors. They played their football. Every one of the forwards made over 100 metres. They bashed the Roosters into... Everyone's saying the Roosters play bad. They played... They made the Roosters... as well as you're allowed to play. They, they, owned, they played that way because the Sharks did what their side allows them to do, which is why I picked them for the eight all those years prior. Yeah. They got into a forward grind. They made metres. They had a couple of simple plays off 13 Roosters errors compared to four. When they got good ball, they just sat themselves there and, uh, you know, grabbed those couple of tries they customarily grabbed, but... That just looked better. Robson looked better with Bird. Bird played direct. Holmes gave another option at the back. So that was probably my highlight was seeing them finally win a game and just in such a tough manner against a, a really good side like the Roosters. So yeah, uh, who was your best? Uh, Jack Bird and Tom Trebojevic, just the two debutants. The kids, yeah. Well, not the two debutants. Obviously, Bird's played a, he played a last handful, week. but that was really his uh, that's coming his, of age a little. Minutes. That was his, his breakout game and. Chaboyevich is a player that I've been tipping for a little while. I know Matty Johns and all the Johns brothers have been as well. Um, I saw him in a schoolboy carnival last year, and he was just, it was boys versus men. You know, he was just killing it. Yeah. Uh, and didn't look out of place in first grade. I, I didn't think he'd get there that early. but Well, I think we've all we've all got one that we can hang hat on like that. You were Trebojevic. I was ranting about Curie the first year on this podcast saying he's going to change it, he's going to change it. They won the comp last year. But yeah. it's always good when you have a kid you see like that and you're adamant and he comes in and uh, the proof was in the pudding, over 200 metres, 24 carries, two tries on debut, mm. and he's a baby. He's got some, uh, still he's got, got some serious ground to do. Jack Bird was, oh, phenomenal. was absolutely sensational. He, I, uh, I saw him, the first time I saw him play was 2010 in a Harold Matthews game, and he was playing for the Warrior, and he, he dominated that game, and I thought, well, Jesus, you know, a lot of those kids that dominate Harold Matthews don't kick on, but oh, he certainly has. He comes straight to the 20s, because I remember saying to you straight away, you know, this bloke, and he said he played against some of the boys we coached, and I said, well, he's the same deal, he was playing RL. He was three years young in the 20s, played centre, back row, five eight. They even played him at fullback a couple of times, but some people were just to cut above the grade, yeah. uh, as a football player goes, and... Uh, he was one of mine, Jack Bird. My other one's Blake Austin. I've said this a few times now. I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves. People keep saying he's an OK footballer. I think he's a great footballer. Mm. Uh, he dominated that game. Sam Williams come in, gave him a lot better balance than Cornish. I think Cornish struggles uh, with organisation. 
He's a good ball runner. He's got good reading of the game. But Sammy Williams come in and brought the perfect balance along with the kicking game. I thought he was very, very good as well. But uh, Blake Austin, especially in attack, but also defence, he made it come up with a couple of try savers, and I thought he played really, really well. But uh, who was your worst? The worst was the video referees. Just the time and the, the calls and the system. And well, I've got to, I've got to stop for one thing though, and I had this argument thirty three or four times today. The time killed me, but I felt last night, regardless of this whole system and everyone saying, but was there enough evidence to turn it over? Did you think the two tries... No, they were both right. They were both the right call. They were both no tries. They were both yeah, the right and my problem yeah. is, is that how long it took us to get there. And that's all I wanted to clear up first of all. Because I got we've people got 10 interchanges, going, and that's, that's as good as giving the whole team an interchange. Yeah, but people are going, the dogs didn't get robbed, we got robbed, and this and that. And I understand the system as it is now. They said it didn't look like there was sufficient evidence. I disagree. Mansour's flopped oh, this yeah. one. I think if you're watching it on the big screen at the ground, it wouldn't have been that clear. And if you're watching it on, uh, obviously the, the monitor that the uh, uh, the monitor that video referee would have had in the in the box, obviously it was good enough to see it dropped. I had a few mates that were obviously at the game um, that said to me, "Oh, I thought Mansour was rorted." And obviously, I work at the Panthers, so I'm, you know, if anything, I'd, I'd side with the Panthers. That's what I'm I, I, thought, so I wanted to clear that. Look, I thought that. I thought that they were both the correct call. I, I thought that Mansour lost the ball. But then again, I've seen them awarded. I kind of, yeah. Cleary, that Cleary one, didn't argue with the decisions. He, he was more upset about the process and the fact that it was sent up try. And then, you know, was there enough evidence well, to clearly that's what overturn it? And that's, that's, my, my, that's my issue before, with the system. Before we got to that, that's all I wanted to clear up there. The system is wrong. The process is wrong. Sure, they probably would get both of those if this system worked on the merit it's supposed to. This is the whole problem with this. It's giving different outcomes. They mm. should be doing what we used to do. Give your opinion. It goes up. If they can't find any reason to flip that, bang, that's what happens. Instead, now they're getting up there and they show... And Matty John's hit the nail on the head this morning. I'm a massive fan of this challenge. I'm warming more and more to just the challenge. He hit the nail on the head this morning, though. They almost hung the refs out to dry by showing nine replays to keep saying, can you see that? We've shown every single angle... They showed that particular one three or four times under him where you could see it separate from his hands, yeah. almost hanging the ref out to dry to say, that is why we're turning it over. But the problem was that was a 56-minute half. So we're talking about fatigue coming back into the game as well. Yeah, and the six not. interchanges, it's not going to make a bloody difference if we have 16 minutes extra and a half the rest and then a 15-minute break at half time. They're elite athletes. 31 minutes of rest, no one is going to be tired. Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me. Uh, well, you have a guess. How long do you think the longest period of continuous play would be in a game these days? So I would have thought, lucky to be if you get 20 minutes... Never. We wouldn't even get but close. It, I reckon you wouldn't get double digits ever in a game. I reckon you never would. Without a stoppage or no, a tap. Not even with a kick a and getting the ball off a ball boy and a play the ball. And when they stand there and they well, pretend look, and they can't seen, hear him. You know, I think like, you've seen some games where it's got to about 20 minutes and, and it could have gone set for set. But it's very, very rare. Yeah, but I mean scrums, everything. Even kicking the touch. They're, they're, they're the, the games that people want to watch. They're the games you remember. Yeah, they never happen. It's, uh, yeah, that, that, well, that's all I wanted to clear out. Like, I know, and again, all the ones I was reading, it was typical. They were Panther fans, and you know, we all feel that way when it's our team. But I thought there was clearly evidence to say that both were no tries. Yeah, I, Moylan never I, got. I, I totally understand. Moylan was close. Don't get me wrong. Issues with the hands never got under that, and hands were under that football the whole time. There was two sets of hands from two different players. It never got grass. And Penrith's argument would be, well, it's as close as you enough, could get. Was there enough evidence to overturn it, or well, from, the, from the fact the decision from the fact then that he you, you go back to the, the, the Graham Matter. Uh, sorry, the Tom and Matai one. This is what I mean. It's it such a, a precedent it's, for the system other, other is rubbish. Issues, yeah. But we've seen this with the double movements too. I thought Ethan Lowe the other week they gave him one on the yeah. same night as Glasby, and he was basically flat on the ground. And it looked like he promoted his arm. They blew it. Glasby rolls over, 
he's, like Brett Stewart's not controlling his body. He's still got enough yeah. there to say, I'm winning this battle. And they blow it. And, and Austin's one was the same. The bloke didn't have control of his body. He was clearly in the goal and there were no tries. Like, just go back to the way the system used to be, where we gave our thought, it yeah. went up. If you couldn't do anything about it, that was that was it. And I still, think you've got to you've got to limit the uh, you've got to limit the the amount of looks a video ref can have. Yeah. Well, that was your worst. My worst. I was going to say manly, but like I said again, the amount of injuries, suspensions, you lose two gun centers, you got no forwards, you got uh, these two halves that are signed elsewhere. I still don't think Kieran Foran's healthy either. They, they, they can't. Nah, but and this whole situation's getting awkward. Uh, mine was Penrith, to be honest. I've said it last week, and I'll say it again. They got killed in the middle. They didn't look like they wanted a bar of the centre of the field. The only forward who made over a hundred metres or did their job was Regan Campbell-Gillard. He punched up a good 166. But uh, the three, three of the four that played, all four of them got over 100 metres. But Tamiya 170, Matt Scott 176. And uh, James Tamalola, who was playing in the centre of the park as well, 170. Mm. They need. I know they got a light forward pack. I was hoping they were going to play dual hookers up tempo. Of, there was a lot of uh, uh, a lot of changes, wasn't there? Yeah, I get that. But even the, the week before, and like at the start of the year, in the first game, I still thought they were a little bit sideways. Uh, bar that Bulldogs game, where they did what you need to do, they punched in, then worked off offloads once they engaged the line. At the moment, everything's happening before the line. All these passes and all this frantic sideways movement not doing anything. No, you need to get quick play the balls and. The biggest victim was Seguiara. He poked his head out a couple of times last night, just out of habit almost. Looked up, saw a set line, drifted across field. Like, what's going on? Yeah, when they're not when laying they're, the platform uh, for when they're when they're struggling to go forward, it, it does blunt Seguiara a little bit. Well, you need, but, I mean, you need that's, play the that's what everyone's tactics going to be as well. So you know, I'm still going to throw it there. Last and I've said it to you, Brian Merrin, uh, having these school players, they are a bit lighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I still think they're missing the front row. They need a guy in their forward pack that is just a zero-care factor, like coming to hurt people, that a Jared kind of figure, a Bo Scott kind of figure, not so much in the back row mould, but I think they need a tight player who just brings that impact in the middle of it and is kind of the, the enforcer of their forward pack. Well, they, I think Sikamari sort of players. provides that. He's back this week. Yeah, but he sits on an edge. Um, He's not well, no, I think they'll play him in the middle. Well, they've already said that uh, Fares out with a hamstring injury. Idris is going back to the back, uh, back into the centres, and Marnie's going to the back row. Okay. I still think they lack a. They we'll, lack see. A bop we'll see what happens, but and especially this weekend because Manly, uh, that's where their weakness is. So if Penrith can get up and play through, but the again, field, the, the, this this kind of masks it to me if they get a win this week against Manly because Manly doesn't have a great pack. Yeah, but you got to if, if Penrith are going to go forward in this competition against the Bulldogs, against Souths, against the Roosters. Even the Broncos, to an extent, even though they've got a lighter pack, they've still got that punch, play fast game, get play the balls. Penrith, at the moment, want to play all this expensive side-by-side footy. They understand that. um, You know, obviously the injuries at the moment are hurting um, to have to reshuffle the side, and uh, I think they're missing Jamie South's king I still don't think they have a bopper, though. Even with Kite, someone goes, Kite's missing, we've got Plum back. They're not dominant front rowers. I don't, no, think, I don't I think, think they have a dominant... To be honest, I think Kite probably has been the dominant for He year. has been, but compared to the first few other weeks, forward he packs... Was, he really surprised me with his form early in the year. I thought he was really dominant. But like, again, other forward packs, though, we're comparing it to. I still don't think they well, have I thought I thought blunt. Penrith dominated the Bulldogs round one. I thought the, the Bulldogs almost won in the last 10 minutes when they yeah. did their job, though. They were playing sideways as well. Penrith, I, put, I thought Penrith really physically put it to the Bulldogs. So I, I don't think... I think once they get everyone out there and fit, they'll be OK. And I think the way you finish your set... It's such a determining factor to winning games. It's, you yeah, know, it also doesn't help when you're making twenty meters though, and you're kicking off the back foot. No, well, that's it, all, it, it all starts. It all, it all links in together. But I mean, if you're watching round one and two, they were very dominant. You got any questions? No, I think we've. 
Uh, well, I've got one, one that I've argued again with people. I think they're just fascinated with Moylan. He is a good player, but Dugan or Moylan Origin, dude. Yeah, I, I, you can pick both. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think I think Dugan will get the nod. I think you need a ball-running fullback, someone who's played tough. I saw it again last night when things aren't quite going right. He drifts a little bit sideways. He's a great ball player. I he's, think it's a race out of those two, but he's good. I, I don't think you could pick Brett Stewart. He's good when things are open, but I still don't see... I don't see the proof that I've seen from Dugan, who's yeah. played tough, played injured. He plays injured all the time. He's supposed to be mumbling. This, this comes back to that argument as well, that if well, he was good enough to get picked for Australia. Do you yeah, know what I mean? So was Where, yeah. David Clemmer got picked for Australia. At the end of the year, there's off-season yeah, no, no, surgeries and a lot more circumstances that play. Our rep system is broken in terms of Mate, the way... The that New South Wales and the Queensland sides, to me, are better than the Australian side at the end of the year. Because when surgery and other things come factored into it, there's a That's lot exactly of guys that I'm don't saying. play. So. That's what I'm saying. I just think it, it streams the wrong way. It should go city, country, um, into origin, into internationals. Mm. Well, uh, the other one I got, will Merrin or Foreign Flop? They've got plenty of talk that Merrin's been wooed and so is Kieran Foreign. Do you think there's any chance that either of these blokes will flip on their deals? Well, no, well, the way Manly go, no hope. Um, no, I, I can't Merrin, see that I, one. Merrin, no, I can't see either. No, I'd, Even I'd be very surprised. They've been winning. I think he's just proven his point playing his football like a professional is, but I can't see him staying yeah, either. He's only started the last two games. Plenty of talk. But, if it's, you know, the simple fact of rule again, Manly's on the decline, plain and simple, even if they do reinvest money and get Tom Burgess. It's not enough to fix their side. Matai's ageing, Stewart's ageing, Lyon's ageing. That, that's coming to an end. They need a massive rebuild. Uh, and then on the flip, you talk about the Dragons situation. They're not financially capable to match the offer from the Panthers. So in both situations, I don't even know why there's an argument. And then Penrith are on the up, realistically, as a club. So I'm looking at both their situations. If I'm a manager and I'm a player, I don't see why it's even coming up. Will they flip? Yeah. I see no possible reasons to backflip. I just don't think it'll happen. Is Idris a back row? That's my other question. They're, no, he's not. He's they're all talking about that last night, so he put big hits on uh, a couple, no, of, a couple no. of good Look, shots. He, he filled his, he, he filled he did his, his job. job role. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's a media, immediate obsession that he's gonna, everyone's going, oh, he should be a back row instead. No, like, I think no. maybe maybe at the back end of his career he will be, once he loses that agility and leg speed that you have as a youngster. But I still think he's in... I guess he's getting to the middle parts of his career. Mm. Um He's had a couple of leg injuries, but you see him play centre there. He's very physical defensively, and yeah, well, um, he gives Penrith a lot of size out on the edge. I, I, yeah. Penrith named their strongest thirteen. He's not playing in the back row. He's playing in centre. Yeah, well, that's the the couple of questions I had. We'll jump straight into the reviews uh, before we are joined by Mister Gossip. But Friday kicked off with that game we spoke of: Souths versus the Dogs. Uh, they got away with that one, eighteen seventeen. But I think it was pretty clear, like we said, the Dogs owned. The first half, and uh, for the most part, probably 20 minutes of the second half. They had it all in their grips, and I go back to what we've said before, and this is the reason I think they've lost uh, both those grand final halves. Halves have got to generate points. Yeah. And their halves, regardless of all the rolling and all the dominance in the back line, uh, they just didn't capitalise. And I thought the Josh Reynolds thing threw the balance out as soon as he got back on there. He, he was a mess. Drifting sideways, trying to look for that turning. He's not a half. He's a manufactured half at best. And he was the one in the week also. This kind of frustrated me. I'm going to change my ways. No penalties, no grabbiness. There was a few little rash moments there that came out again. And uh, Before we probably touch on the game, I'm getting uh, a bit of mail, whether it's accurate or not, that uh, Moses and Bayer is going to be off contract or coming near that point again. And they've been talking with Des Hasler, apparently, that it's time they think he's done his apprenticeship. And apparently Hasler, in general, is on the nose with Josh Reynolds from all these suspensions and also the lack of growth, probably. Uh, in that position the last couple of years. Plus, they're paying him a lot of money. So, mm. Well, it's um, a hard situation because, I mean, if, if they... 
letting by go and he goes somewhere else and goes really well, they're going to be under the pump. But they're also going to be under the pump if, if Reynolds goes somewhere and by flops. So, yeah, it, it's difficult. And this is the old adage that you can't keep them all, can you? You know, with the salary cut restrictions. and well, okay. These are players that they've, the Bulldogs have developed, really, aren't they? Well, can't, I, can't, I can't confirm Reynolds. or deny whether he's on they the They bought Hawkinson, obviously, but... Yeah, well, he, he was from Manly, so he knew two what are, he was getting there. These two are um, dogs, juniors. Yeah. Um, well, then Bye was brought down from why, Queensland, why but they, he's come through their system. You know, we're also hearing that there's a possibility that Hawkinson goes to Manly, so why wouldn't they just play Mbai and Reynolds, Reynolds together? Yeah, well, you get that impression... I, I don't know. Do it's going to depend on the play market. You know it's what I really said? I've had more than enough mail saying that Caesar's going back home. He's a bulldog. So yeah, do you well, have that's Caesar what I mean. It's, it's, it's about the player market. Once all that pans out. But I mean in general, if it, if it's Hodkinson and Caesar, or Hodkinson, Caesar, and Mbai all there, or vice versa, I'm pretty much saying out of all those, I'm still not playing Reynolds. I don't think he's a six. He's a manufactured six at best. Where are you going to play him? I don't play him at 13, all. I cut nine. him. I let him go. See if someone else wants him. And he doesn't play at 13 with the way he likes to play the size of that forward pack. They're massive. Yeah. So I just don't see where he fits if he's not playing six and they've just put their money into Leisha, who's this supposedly the next big nine. I'm a big fan of Leisha. I think he's been really good for him. So I, that's my little thing with the Harb situation. But, um, yeah, I went a bit off track there. On the game, though, they absolutely killed them. Possession, territory, yardage, but the Harbs. There was there was just no yeah, points there. Bank their points. And after all the opportunity, we get the penalty try at the end of the half, which was a fair call. I think that's what turned the game. Oh, it did. 10-8. That, uh, that brought them straight back into it when they are on the ropes. And there was plenty, like I said, opportunities where we saw the Bulldogs there was squander. a couple of errors, errors by the Bulldogs to let South sort of come down mm. their end at the end of the game. But Well, again, another probably reflection of that. We saw George or Tom bomb an easy try. Yeah. Even South bombed some chances. That shows how bad... Uh, getting points was for the Bulldogs because South still had other chances to get back in the game. Yeah. It ended up coming down to that penalty, which at the end of the day, it was a penalty. Whether he didn't play at the leg, and everyone said that, it wasn't intentional. He's gone in for the charge down, but he's made contact can, with the plant leg, so there's nothing you can do about it. People are saying, but he's got every right to go for a charge down. He does. 100% he does. He can't touch the plant He's got leg. absolutely no right to take his leg out. Yeah, and like I said... So that's, that, that's why a lot of coaches say, they're all going don't f- dive, yeah. don't run into the player, and don't we, lose eye contact from the, and what did from I the say player. to you about this stupid ruler or injured, but you're allowed to wrap your arms and pretty much have a free shot? He could have basically can wrap your arms. stayed upright, wrapped his arms, put him off just as bad. He kicked from 45 out and he missed by more. Yeah. So I get the whole dramatic effect of the dive and that, but at the end of the day, it was fair call. And in the end, he's injured him pretty seriously, they're saying. Well, they're they? talking lateral ligament at the moment, which I do know a little bit four about. Four weeks? If, nah, not four weeks. Lateral is I a, heard today it could be four weeks. Lateral but... is a connecting ligament on the outside of your knee. So that's more like a three- to four-month injury. I don't know why we're speculating anyway. Obviously, they're going to get scans and no straight I'm just given an idea. But it idea. didn't look good. It, it certainly didn't look good. After having every one of them done, a lateral is an important structural one. You can't strap it. So let's put it this way. If it is a lateral, it's not a good thing. It's going to be at least three to four months. If it's a good thing, like cartilage or a medial or meniscus, that's probably a good thing. That's a six to eight-week kind of injury. Something in some situations... It's still bad. If it's not, six to eight weeks is still bad. Oh, it's bad, but it's not as bad as three to four months with all the extra rehab and the stability. It's origin one. But, uh, origin one, yeah. one. You know, That's obviously was his, one of Adam Reynolds' goals. But uh, they did really well. Stewart got concussed. Oh, Luke got still, con- I'm still trying to work out how they won the game. Yeah, 100%. Luke got concussed. They, they were down on troops. And I think we go back to an argument here of the 18th man situation. Having no, someone... I, don't think, I don't think it is an argument. I think it's common sense. Well, it happened with Luke. Fair, fair play, technically, with the penalty trial. So you have no one there. 
how you do it is the only other question. I've, I've had this other people that go, what would you do? I said, do you take a 20s kid no, after the game? No, every player or... warms up an 18th man. Yeah, I know. But what if so you, you just put him on the bench? What if the same bloke's playing every week going with you and he's not playing cup and he's not getting game time no, and he's just, just getting nothing? clubs are going to be smart enough to work that out. Yeah, well, they They're going to rotate something. the player around. But what if you only got one bloke you trust or well, you, you want You'd warm two up. That's what I'm saying. You need to have the depth. Yeah, Some happen. people don't have the depth. They probably have enough no, they, players they to do. rotate. They and go, do I want to look at him. No, they do. Uh, oh, well, you back them up from 20s. They held on. It was amazing. Well, I still can't believe it, to be honest. I really can't believe it. But the dogs, they're going to suffer for it now. Clemmer took the early guilty plea. He's going to be out for three. Graham took the early guilty plea on both charges. Going to miss four weeks. Lafayette did his knee early on in the game. I'm hearing medial. That's uh, an eight-week injury, so that's not good news for them. And then they lost Brett Morris two to three months with a hamstring. So they're they're uh, going to run out of very weak and sword this weekend. Well, so. they're five players down. Um, it, it is a lot of changes. I think Corey Thompson and Bayer have been paired together on one side as centre winger. Sam Perrett's moved back to fullback. Reynolds comes back to six. Uh, Tim Brown starting in the front row, and I'm pretty sure Antonio Cafusi and Lloyd Perrett come onto the bench. Mm. So they've, they've had a massive change. But they're playing the Dragons this week, who you wouldn't think you'd be sitting here saying that they're doing well, but I was really impressed on the weekend and the conditions, how well they played. I thought, yeah. they, I thought they were really good. And uh, Souths, they get a tough game. The Cowboys starting to build some momentum and they've got injury problems of their own. They're hoping to get Sutton back. They're not sure. But if not, they're talking about moving GI to six, Alex Johnson to the back. And, uh, yeah, Luke, Stewart, both should be cleared. Walker's probably still another week away. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. But I think that's one for the Cowboys there. Up, up here, good chance to get away wins, which they usually struggle. They won against South at ANZ last year. Mm-hmm. The other Friday night game, it was the Titans versus the Broncos. Uh, I just have to start by saying I thought the Titans are very tough again, but no CR. Yeah, steady. And, uh, yeah, 18-0 really, really hurt going into halftime. They got oh, well, that. they had the ball for the first 15 minutes. And oh, they just yeah. didn't, couldn't score. That's where the game was. Well, the whole lost. game you felt like they had an opportunity. Even the second half, they just kept dropping the ball in uh, good ball. Every time they got inside the 20, they just spilled the pill. Just, they, they, don't, they don't look like they're going to score. They made a good point on LG. As big a fan as I am of LG, these new halves are taught to set and organise everything. They don't play with their eyes up. Yeah. There was plenty of opportunities there for him to push through on a play or get an offload, and he was too busy setting something up. Mm. He does look good with his touches, but uh, even Caesar, I know he's, he's been good most this year. I thought he had a really quiet night the other night. Yeah. I uh, didn't really see him. James Roberts was so good that he was bugging with 20 to go because they just kept doing the, the old Brisbane play the year before, throwing the cutout pass to Roberts and saying, run for us. Mm. He was cooked by the 65th minute. Yeah. He had so many touches. but um, It was a steady game, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I thought Mosley uh, created a lot of opportunities for him that they bombed. He was really impressive. I thought he was good. Ryan James impressed me again, but still some errors and still some problems uh, defensively. If you watched the replay the last couple of weeks, there's been some big line breaks off his lateral movement and defence. He gets caught flat-footed yeah. fairly often when he's caught in the middle of the field. But when the Broncos clicked for that little period there, they looked really, really good. And I thought Ben Hunt controlled things well. Milford's starting to look like he understands six a little bit better, especially the support side of things. Grabbed a couple of tries there. Obviously, he's not going to get um, the open space he got from fullback, but he looked a little more comfortable the other night. Yeah. Uh, the Friday try, I can kind of see how it was a rake, but I also thought it was a loose carry, so I didn't really agree with that one that Dodds grabbed. <laughs> but, was, um, that was a terrible call. Yeah, and then the second one was just too easy. I'll give McCulloch a wrap, though. He picked that out nicely. There was a gap at the post there. Mosley shot on it, and uh, he executed the pass. But I thought Broncos' first half really good. Second was very ordinary. Titans kind of fought back, but too little, too late. Way too many wasted opportunities, but... Uh, again, I, I can't fault their effort. I, I think bar that Penrith game, we already touched on this, the 2-0 no tries early on. Every single game, I think they've tried as hard as they could. They've busted their oh, ass. They, they don't have the quality in their side, obviously. No. 
at this point in time, but Neil Henry's slowly making uh, you know an impression, and they're getting these kids in there like Mosley, who I think was pretty good again. Yeah, he was. So things are looking a bit better. I'm hearing they're trying to get LG to stay, but at the moment he's pretty keen on Manly. I don't know if it's money. Oh, they said he's going down to have a look. Money and terms, but apparently he balked at the first off of the Titans mode. So uh, as to how that's going to play, we'll have to wait and see. But I think we've already touched on this last week. Whether it's Caesar, whether it's LG, they have to keep one of them. They can't lose both and have Cherry Evans going up their solo, especially mm. while he's got that option in his deal because he doesn't have a half partner or it's Mortimer. That's uh, a lot more likely to push him close to the exit door within that two-year period he's got to decide what's going on. So they need to make sure he's got a quality partner. But uh, the Broncos versus the Roosters this Friday, I'm really looking forward to this game. Hopefully all the players on the paddock, they didn't name Hodges. I think they named Blair, but hopefully Hodges plays. And on the Roosters' side, uh, they obviously lost Aiden Guerra last week, the broken jaw. Jared Riahargoes has to... Undergo a fitness test, so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. And the Titans travel to Pertec to play the Eels, which immediately I have to say I'm going to tip the Eels because whenever they go home, they're a different sort. Mm. But they were awful this week. We'll get to that soon. First game on Saturday, Canberra Raiders, 29-16 over the Eagles. It was just a complete and utter domination in the middle of the field in the first half. Well, it was. 23-4. to um, They conceded early, obviously, to that set playoff and error. But other than that, uh, I thought they just killed the middle of the field. And the Canberra spine, I was a pretty big fan. With Like I said, Sammy coming in there, I thought they looked a lot more balanced, was, especially um, with the kicking game. I was disappointed in the just the steal that Manly showed in their defence. Mm. How easily Canberra scored. You know, any any time they sort of got back-to-back sets, they were posting points where you don't usually associate that with the Manly side. And that that was sort of... That's what really raised my eyebrows on Saturday. Well, they've hit rock bottom, haven't they? Yeah. yeah they, you know, and I think, I've got to wrap that Josh Hodgson again. He was awesome. Yeah, 40-20 set up try. He's an 80-minute hooker. I don't know why he's wasting his time giving five, ten minutes to buttress and he's already dropped McCrone. Yeah. Pick an extra good forward. Pick another one of these kids that's playing well in New South Wales Cup and this Mountie side I've been watching. You're better off than wasting a spot on one of these nines. Hodgson's clearly an 80-minute player. Yeah. If, if anyone doesn't think that, he's proved that in these first five weeks, they're kidding themselves. But uh, he was really good. Austin, as we said, I thought he was man of the match, direct. Controlled things, a couple of try saves, especially the one where he busted his nose there and got back up and got back into it. But um, yeah, Williams brought something they haven't had, which is a controlled kicking game. They got points off it and they got repeat sets off it and built pressure. So they're, they're, they're really, really good. Um, I'm still not convinced on Edric Lee playing centre for him, though. I think they can fix that. Yeah. I think they could strengthen. Um, whether that comes in the form of Wanga, which he did on the weekend, he was very good defensively, and I think that comes from his time in Melbourne. We've seen him play very well in that jam defence. Whether that can be a flip of those two, I'm not sure, but I thought they looked a lot more impressive or a lot more potent in attack or attack and defence when Edric was posted on the wing. I, I really think he's been ordinary, to be honest, at the start of the year, playing in the centres. Yeah. Uh, still got some learning to do, I think. Oh, he's definitely got some learning to do, but I, I still don't think he's a centre in the NRL. Mm-hmm. I think they can improve on that. But Manly, the only real thing to come out of that, we already touched on it, was Trebojevic. Kids had the massive wraps, over 200 metres. his brother went well, too. Yeah, I, I, I was a big fan of Jake, I said the year before, but he had the injury last year all year, so we unfortunately didn't get to see him. Uh, he still looks a little bit rusty, but let me tell you, when he gets going... But he's the future. He He's a metre eater, and he's when he's one of these props you need now that can play big minutes too. He's not a 30, 40-minute guy and off. He can play 60, 65. And, yeah, he's mm. going to be a Tolman, Graham type. I'll tell you, the, the one thing you can see early on, great tackle tech. He's yeah. folded a couple of blokes the last few weeks. Just really good, solid tackle tech. So. Yeah, he seems to be the one for me that I think is holding down the middle of the field. Um, I'll tell you, the only upside they've really got, I watched their 20s team play without Trebojevic on the weekend, and uh, they dominated. They bashed Canberra. They're the only undefeated side of the 20s. So. I thought Canberra. 
look pretty steady. Obviously, they'll, they'll mainly we get a good test against us on the weekend. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I know our boys will be looking forward to testing themselves against Manly. In the you, you don't associate good junior sides. They had one a couple of years back where it was no, foreign. But that, this, this age group was Marina. fairly good. Like obviously, I've had a well, obviously nine on they, they were pretty good in Harold Matthews and they were pretty good in SJ Ball. Yeah. Uncharacteristically, as you said, you usually cl- you collate a group. Usually, too. they're similar to the Roosters, aren't they? They, they sort of get them. For first grade, not not traditionally uh, a developmental type well, club. A couple of good locals, plus but good. I think they are trying to go that way, Manly, which is good. Well, they need to, and they also made a couple of good choices in recruitment. They got a gun front row, Addison Demetrio, watching the weekend, absolutely shredded it. Yeah, you'll have fun hit with him this weekend. He's an absolute menace. They took him from the Roosters, and we know what they're like. They don't have juniors, but they stock up very well. Yeah, uh, with their financial situation, just their, their club appeal. They they have a knack of being able to get uh, a bulk of juniors even without having their own. Mm. So uh, he was a great pickup by Manly, but good halves, good side. So there's probably the only real upside at the moment is there's probably a few kids there that hopefully another year. Years or... gone by, they've they've sort of run down the bottom of the table, haven't they? And they haven't oh. really had well, they haven't really had to look at them. But I well, mean, I imagine this year if they were down the bottom. Said it to the other year, Josh Drinkwater was similar to LG. He was player of the year basically, or the halfback of the year from a side that was running yeah, was last, second last. And then George Defoe was the same every week, doubles, two hundred meters, killing it in the team that was running dead last. Yeah. So. They've occasionally got to grab one or two, but they haven't had a steady flow coming. So uh, that team was fairly impressive. But Canberra this week, they get a real test. They go home to play the Melbourne Storm, who had a good win, and the Eagles play the Pennies, who have both had a few uh, lean weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top of that one. But Saturday again, Newcastle versus the Dragons, 13-0. It's a bit strange, but the, weird game. the weather dictated weird that. Weird game. Yeah, it was a pretty steady game to watch. I think um, you can sum this game up in probably one stat. 54 possessions inside the 20 for Newcastle, no points. Mm. They, uh, I thought the kicking game was awful. They were sideways in wet conditions where you need to be direct, and yeah, I thought they, they, they went away. Lethargic. They They looked like they lacked energy. and They went away from what they did well. Because yeah, the game was definitely there to be won. They had oh, a heap of chances. 54 possessions inside the 20. You'd yeah. never hear numbers and like that. Well under the Dragons for oh. showing some defensive steel and... They haven't conceded. They they're just going to win those games, aren't they? They're going to be. They're similar to the Sharks of years gone by. They're tough. They don't have a great deal of points in them, the Dragons. But by cross, are going to work hard for each other. Who did they play last week? I was trying to remember this today. They won, and I couldn't think who it was. And it was you it was put me on the spot. it was irking me because I thought about how good the defense was, and then I thought about the second half against the Raiders. They only conceded one try, I think. And I was really trying to fill in the blank. I think it was they, it Manly. They beat Manly. Yeah, it was. They beat Manly. And Manly only did Manly. I think Manly only kicked the penalty goals, didn't they? Yeah. So they haven't conceded a try in almost two games now. Oh no, I think Manly scored. Didn't did they? they score? Yeah, I'm sure they scored. I was 12-4. I thought they kicked the penalty goals. No. Can you get this up on the phone app or not? Mate, come on. You should know. You're the stat man. It just flashed in my head today. I thought on the weekend they've held them to nil. I think there was a try in the second half against the Raiders. Actually, there was, I don't think that, again, I think Croker was just a penalty goal. I think that was the only points. So I was sitting no, there thinking... Oh, Braden scored. Oh, he scored a try. All right. Well, I think they've only conceded like one try in the last 100-plus minutes of football, though. Yeah. None there. None in the second half against well, Canberra. Thing, win you a lot of games. One against Manly. So they've almost gone, you know, close to 200 minutes conceding one try yeah. in three games. That's, that's a pretty good effort in that kind of span of time. But uh, I thought that was Marshall's best game. Thought he kicked really well. He actually played to the conditions and did what a seven's supposed to do instead of these stupid errors he's been making the few weeks before. Yeah, he's, he's going to get better. So maybe him and Widock come to more of a agreeable terms that they need to take their opportunities rather than just try and throw knockout punches. But yeah. the other one was Josh Dugan. Thought he was great in the conditions. He, I thought he was the best player on the park. And Marin and Frizzell 
keep impressing Merritt especially and uh, Mike Cooper he's been an absolute cracker the bloke from England oh, yeah. probably the biggest telltale sign here bag in the first few weeks or just about everyone for their defence their forward pack they looked the team and they had line speed they've kind of stepped up for each other now I think after all the flack and they've come together I think DeBell and all those guys mentioned Royal Frizzell Merrin, Cooper, yeah, they've taken all, the, taken all the shots for being the small pack and you're underdone and this and that, but I think they're really starting to come together nicely. They're still missing a few as well. So, Well, I think Ben Cray's due back on deck, but I'm not too sure. But uh, I, I was fairly impressed. I thought the Knights were a tough test for him and to hold him to nil. Well, the Bulldogs would be a good test for him, but the Bulldogs look like they're going to run out a, a injury-riddled side or a suspension-riddled side. And so. they get to play at home. It's a win- another winnable game for the Dragons. Yeah, they get uh, If they've home. got top eight... Uh, ambitions. They really, really need to win this one. Well, they've taken it ANZ, so they must be doing that for the gate, I'm guessing. So that kind of helps the Bulldogs. I think we'd have been better off if it was at Wynn or Oki Jubilee or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that's not to be the case. The Newcastle Knights, after four in a row, you would have said this was an easy game if they lost in the weekend, but they have to play the Sharks now at Ramondas. Mm. And I really get the feeling from what I saw They don't have a good record there either. I really get the feeling we're going to see the prison streak finally be broken. It has to go back to the prison, not the playground. Yeah. But uh, if they play the way they do... And it'll be a good grind because we also got to look at the fact that I think Newcastle haven't conceded more than 14 points this year. They've still been good defensively, uh, regardless of the loss on the weekend. Yeah. So, should be a tightly contested game. Uh, we move on to Sunday. The Roosters, as we spoke about, to send the Sharks 20 to 12. They went down. Uh, I give full credit to the Sharks and not buying any of this stuff. And everyone said the Roosters are bad. And all these people knifing Mitchell Pearce, going, "Oh, you want to play Origin, but that's what you dish up." The forwards were just impotent. No one made over 100 metres. They got bashed in the middle. Uh, they were forced into making errors. They couldn't get out of yardage. They did nothing for their halves. And even their backs, I, I thought, like Daniel Tupo made some rubbish errors coming in to help out. I, I thought all around the park, bar Roger Tuivasa, Shaq, the Roosters were ordinary. And, uh, and they, were, they were forced that way because the Sharks were just relentless. It's the first time I've watched the Roosters and thought, Jesus, I miss Jack Friend. Or mm. they, like he, it was a game where he would have had a say. Yeah. Because you need to be able to pull the Sharks apart in the middle of the field. Their strength is their middle. And the Sharks, you said, the Sharks just got there with a simple game plan. We're not going to make errors. We've got a dominant four-pack. We're just going to bash, bash it up the middle, hold on to the footy, uh, and hope that we're going to get enough possession to take our chances. That's exactly what happened. Well, I said they the looked even with 15 to go that the Roosters were going to come and get them. Yeah. I think there's no doubt the Roosters are a better football team. When they kicked into gear. Um, but like but I said, this the Sharks, that's, you know, that's, that's the them. classic... That's their classic sort. That's their style. That's their forward pack. That's their. Team. That's them knowing finally who they are. Yeah, and we've seen that the years before, and it stands out here again. Nineteen hundred meters. Are they going to win a comp, Cronulla? No, no. But, but they could. They could easily win. How many times are ten, twelve games? Won, like I said, they win this game, or we, I put them in the eight. Those first couple of years, or what because of that forward pack when they so do tough. their job like this, only make four errors, which is nothing for an NRL side. They usually everyone's usually ten plus, four errors to thirteen. Almost 2,000 metres to 1,400 and this bashed you in the middle of the field, no missed tackles and grind you. When they turn things into a dogfight, that forward pack, they get results, even if they only score two or three And isn't it funny how everyone was sort of saying, oh, the Roosters in South, the the comp's over. And all of a sudden, both showed showed chinks in their armour. armour. It's such a long year. Such a long year. There's going to be, there's probably going to be four or five teams who are going to look the best team in the comp. You can't make those calls now because you look, gear is out. But good on them. They, They... you know, they thoroughly deserve their win. I, I thought the talking point, or sorry, the thing that's sort of gone under the headlights or under the radar here is probably the the fact that Ben Barber, I think, is due back this week, or is he due back He's next week? He's been named on the bench. He's playing yeah, for Yeah, so what are, how are they going to fit him back into the side? Well, I think he's probably going to have to play, Fullback. I don't know, a bit of X-Factor or roll in 
I don't know if you could roll him in at roll nine. In this plays a full game. At lock or in the middle. Well, if they rotate some forwards, I guess. But I thought last week looked perfect. Bird plays direct, didn't have a play's hand. Robson controlled things. Lewis helped him out on that edge, and they got Graham on the other edge. So they've got guys that help out the fact they don't have a very creative half. Yeah, I certainly wouldn't be moving Jack Bird. No, and then the other one that I've been blowing up about was Gordon. You get what you need from him, which is he's got a strong running game, but he can't ball play. He did his job fine from the wing. And then you look at Holmes. Holmes went 200 plus, busted the line, yeah. linked up in passing play. He gave him that little bit of attack they needed. Yeah, so, it's again, they're going, Barber's going to get out there. Barber's been playing like a busted. He's had a couple of anchor surgeries. He was saying today, oh, I heard him on Sunday Triple NRL, saying he's 40 times point eight zero slower or something like this, and he weighs an extra 12 kilos. You don't change what just one year game against the Roosters. Until he proves otherwise or something goes wrong, Ben Barber plays off the bench or he goes back to New South Wales Cup. Oh, I'm a little shocked they're going to play him off the bench. Yeah, well, I'm surprised. I would have kept uh, with all the big boppers. That might be just a confidence thing. Pick him and make sure you're not... Well, they've invest, they invested too much money. It's one of these things again. Yeah. He's got to flog the dead, dead horse. Mm. They picked up 500 of the $800,000 contract, so they're still heavily invested. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's about all I can say. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Right now, I will defend one part of it, that he's had so much change through clubs in the last two years or whatnot, plus his surgeries and all this kind of stuff, but I don't think he was ever a 5-8. He won the Dalian at fullback. He's a fullback. To so putting on 12 kilos is strange. And then the ankle injuries, you're slowing him down. Go back to how you were. I think he said he weighed 80 when they got the grand final. He weighs like 92 now and he's had ankle surgeries. Yeah. And he hasn't, he hasn't ever quite got back to that speed. So you won the Dal- if you won a Dalian medal and like I was signing you and you were going that way. Yeah, it's no brainer. If I'm buying you, I know what I'm doing. I want yeah. you back to 80, you're playing fullback. We're going back to how things were prior. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, full credit to the Sharks. Massive up to them. Absolutely brilliant. The only thing, like I said, I've got to give a wrap to is Roger Tuivasa-Shek. That was a ridiculous game. 316 metres, nine tackle busts, two line breaks and a try. He is absolutely outstanding at the back. And I'll tell you right now, the Warriors are supposedly going to be offloading Topkins. He wants to go home. You knew I was angry when that happened. I thought he was a waste of money. He looked a little bit better this year, but they paid a massive transfer fee and they're paying him $700,000 or something like that right now. This is the replacement they want and they're throwing the book. They went for four and they went for Merrin. They missed out on these guys. They are going hard for Sheck. And I tell you what, if they buy him and get him over there, that's massive. That's a huge jab to assist it. Well, the Roosters are not usually used to losing players this way. You're going to have to lose a few. This is a Kiwi-born bloke, so they've got an advantage there, and they've got the money. And I tell you what, I'd take him any day over Sam Tompkins, especially with the amount of upside and from what I've seen. I would agree with him. Oh. That's, that would be huge. But, yeah, that, that's they're, they're going they're going for the jug, and I don't blame him. But the Sharks, like we said, uh, they've got Newcastle at home. I think Ramondas will turn back in the prison. The Roosters and Broncos I'm looking forward to. Like I said, I'm disappointed with a few injuries uh, now with Gary out. Ferguson obviously getting injured the week before. Jared's on an injury cloud. Then you've got Hodges and Blair and that on the other side. So hopefully a few of these guys are late inclusions. But obviously Gary and Ferguson won't be. But that'll be, another te- that'll be a real test for the Broncos now. They've had a few light weeks, but we'll figure out where they're at. Uh, the Monday, triple header. That was that was great yesterday. I really enjoyed that. Mm. Start off with the Eels versus the Tigers. Um, 
22 to 6 to the Tigers. I expected an attack frenzy, but it turned into an error first in a grind. 70 minutes, I, was, <laughs> I got home, obviously, after our game last night, and I was tried to watch all three games in a row, but I was I was nodding off during the Eels Tigers game. Yeah, twenty four um, errors in that game and uh I thought Brad Arthur nailed it at half time. He said it looks like we don't want to score. We're just sort of protecting a lead. Like it was six four I think at half time. Well, he said at the end we we didn't look like we wanted to win and then at the same time it's like we didn't know how to win. Mm. Um I thought well, they, I they had two back rows playing at the centres. I, I thought they had more excuse than what the Tigers did. Oh but the I, Tigers finally at the end broke out a little full bit. Full credit, but I I just yeah, they were so negative. I was very mm. negative. And I, I really felt like the first half, all I was watching was Parramatta inside the Tigers 20. Mm. And they did nothing with it. It felt like for 20, 25 minutes, I was camped there. Yeah. They didn't score a single point. But um, as it usually goes to in those games, when there's a grind and it's so tight, usually when somebody scores that back break and try it opens up, and it did. Yeah. Richard's come up with an absolute piece of magic. That kick was a cracker off the shin. Then in Tedesco's arms, uh, that was a freak play. Mm. And then obviously proceeded to uh, score one of his own after that and then set up another one off the kick. You got a bit kick happy, but uh, they broke the camel's back. Yeah. And I think you can put a lot of that down to Martin to power. I thought he had an awful first half. When he came out second half, he had a mission there at the end. He just absolutely wreaked havoc on the middle of that. Uh, he tore them apart. Aaron Woods was big again. Uh, no, it, was just, it was a steady game. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you agree. I think Robbie Farr has been really quiet to start the year. I, don't, I haven't mentioned him at all. He's not having to overplay his hand. Oh, but I just mean, the first, like, he's played five games now. There's not been a game at all where I can think of a big moment or a rap or anything. Good. They're playing as a team. They're not... Oh, it's good, but I'm just saying in general, I still don't think he's been that great. They're still... No, I don't think he's, I don't think he's playing any better or any worse. Mm. I think he's, he's doing his job. He's keeping his head down. He's staying out of the paper, which is exactly what the Tigers <laughs> need. Oh, well, the other one who impressed me was Tim Simona. When they finally gave him some early ball, he carved that edge. Yeah, he's the lightning fast. But uh, yeah, I feel most weeks he doesn't get enough opportunities. But Eel's not quite as intense, like you said, as prior weeks. Brad and Arthur. And he keeps um, screaming about consistency. That's what he wants. Oh, so. big time. That was his massive thing. He, we just weren't there. He wasn't happy with the attitude and the intent. I think going back to Pertec this week, we all know what that usually vies. They usually yeah. play very well at home. So whether the Titans can give him a run for the money, uh, yet to be seen. On the Tigers side of things, they get a real test too. They've got to play the Warriors in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, that's a test for anybody, regardless of whether you get the chocolates or not, when they go home, they're always a better side than when they're on the road. And uh, you can't blame them. They have to stay every year. They're over no, their families. That'll be a really comfort. good game. This was a really good game last year. I think they were in it and the Warriors blew them away second half. Yeah. But I can uh, clearly remember it at Mount Smart Stadium. It was a very good game. But speaking of the Warriors, they went down to the Storm 30-14. to 14 And, jeez, uh, I was sitting there, and as a Melbourne fan, I thought we should have got beaten. But the Warriors just... Chances after chance, error after error, they, they had all of these opportunities and they they simply just couldn't hold it when they had a good opportunity. It seemed the only time they could they hold it. Too many errors and a lot of errors on tackle one, where Melbourne had sort of made an error and then New Zealand just gave the ball straight back to them. We know the difference. Any time we got an error in good ball, we scored. Yeah, and Cora Betty, I, I have to Anytime say, any time they got the chance to put the foot on the throat and put a bit of pressure on Melbourne, it I seemed was, like they were turning the ball over early in the tackle count. I was disappointed though. I felt every time we scored near the end, they seemed to get a try straight back. We just lapsed. Yeah. Um, but I just feel all that early opportunity. That's their, that's their go. The Warriors, obviously, they're, they're oh, they killed better, themselves. But they're, they're better when they're playing. If, if they, you know, they find it easy to chase a game, if they hold all that ball, I think they blow us off the park early on. But they didn't. Sean Johnson, yeah, again, would have, should have, didn't. Uh, bar that one moment that, again, everyone jumped on his back and said how great is he. I thought he was awful. Townsend clearly is having an awesome year. I thought he played very well. I again. thought Johnson was improved. I still think Townsend's running that side, and he's been dominant. I think he's been really good, still not getting too much credit. 
which is uh, quite annoying. And Ben Madalino is just playing on a leg of his own right now. Every time he takes a carry... Townsend's playing straighter than... Um, well, that's Townsend. how he plays. And that's that's what's effective this time of the year. You he need, plays you basic, you need to play short... Uh, not too expansive. Well, even, he, even Johnson's big moments. He threw that stupid no-look pass early on when they could have went straight up within the first two minutes. Yeah. If he just looked on Jonathan Wright, they had the overlap. He didn't have to throw a no-look pass. Yeah, someone's going to have to find the key to getting him to focus more on the simple stuff, just get the simple passes, simple stuff right, and the fancy stuff will come. Well, I thought, again, I wasn't really impressed with, uh, you know, Cron. Part of mature. Uh, wasn't really mature. impressed with Billy. He got smashed early on, boy. He did. Manu out of boy. He did. Manu absolutely killed him. But I'll tell you what, Blake Green again, I thought was the best Great. out of all the spine players. Put him in origin. And you know the other one, Marika Corabetti. We had this argument the other week about wingers not getting man of the match. He was man of the match by more. I think he's been our best player this year. Yeah. He's nuts. He's seriously got a screw loose. And I, you, you see raw potential, and I couldn't believe when they let him go, but you give a player like that with that talent to Craig Bellamy to put the final bits of polish on, he's been near flawless. Under the high ball, he ran 90 metres back the other way. The other day, Blake Green threw him a floater. He just decided to beat six people and score, and then the other time he took it 90 to the bank the opposite way. Yeah, He's just been awesome. He has been. And I watched the press conference. It's not very often Bellamy gives a rapper as a smile on his face. He was smiling like a Cheshire cat talking about Marika Corabetti. Yeah. And so was Smitty. He said he was disappointed uh, with himself in the first half. Marika, who came up to him and said, I want the ball. And he said, mate, whenever you tell me you want the ball, I'll pass it to you. <laughs> so if you're doing that with a winger and the way he runs, he makes you tackle him every time he touches the footy. But very happy. Uh, very happy on the Melbourne side. I think it's 30 to 14. I didn't think it was a true reflection of all the opportunities the Warriors had, but they got some serious stuff to work on. I think uh, the John- Johnson thing's the big one, but they've still got a couple of players to come back. Harrell come back in, but he was very sloppy. Uh, I thought Qatar bombed some chances on his side, some poor decisions whether to pass or to run. Made some errors as well. And, uh, Jonathan Wright, how's he playing first grade? With all the kids they've got, I guarantee there's got to be one more winger they can pick before they pick him. Mm. That's very surprising to me. But Lamarpe, Mamola, all these guys are due back soon, so sure, that's not going to last much longer. Um, the Warriors, as we said, they've got the Tigers at home. Storm away to the Raiders. This is the game last year, and I'm going down there again this weekend. Uh, stayed at Vaughn's house. Walked through the gate, said, hope you have a good game, but hope we beat you. Uh, he scored the game in a try Melbourne loss. So uh, best of luck to him, and Stone is joining in this weekend. But if it happens again, I'm going to cry. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Melbourne... Melbourne never have a good game. It's always a good game down in Canberra. Mm. And I think... Well, it's uh, always a good game regardless of where they play. They seem to sort of... Canberra and the Warriors are probably the two teams that give Melbourne a bit of strife. Well, it's funny because we had the beef on it for so long. But the last couple of years, it's gone the opposite way. They towed us up one day at Amy Park when we were massive favourites. And surprise, surprise, it was Ferguson who did it to us. Uh, similar to what he did to the Roosters before he now moved there. He's done that twice to two teams that seemed to have the wood. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, last year they got us after we... We led. We were up by three tries or something. They Vaughn killed us at the end. They're the big bastard. But uh, wait, wait to see how that one plays out. But I, I, I like what I've seen from the Storm, even though they've been hit and miss the first few weeks. I think you give us the man the game back and the other one, we should have won. They could almost be undefeated. They should be undefeated. But that's, that's the thing. Yeah. But this is you all just want to be in games. You're not going to win them all. But this, you be this is coming again with me. I'm being super critical of Cronk. I think he's been awful and he's had no preseason, played no games. But we've gone a couple of games in with. Two guys off surgery, and then our three best players, none of them playing any football or basically training. Mm. And we've still got three and two. So I'm pretty impressed that we haven't been bashed by anyone and we could be 5-0. Yeah, they're building into this season. In the, it finished up with, as we said before, the Panthers versus the Dogs. 30 
Oh, Panthers versus the I Cows. The dog, mate. Sorry, I got the Cows. Jesus. 30 to 10, the Cowboys. And uh, we mentioned it before, they just killed the middle. Well, we spoke pretty much covered this game. They dominated the middle. Uh, Segar snuck that try earlier, which again, I can't believe anyone still falls for that, especially the Cowboys. They should know I was, I was shocked. I fell off the lounge. But uh, uh, he does it, he's so good at it. Jonathan Thurston just finds a way to beat you. They killed them territory-wise. They controlled the middle of the field. He yeah. kicked them. The game was won and lost in the middle. The conditions um, made it conducive to the fact that it was going to be that sort of game. Um, and obviously with Penrith having a lot of middles out, they were up against it. But oh, he kicked him to death. They had their chances, Penrith. Oh, big they definitely had their chances. The kicking game was a big difference as well, obviously. With he did kick him to death. Uh, everyone can still whinge about these two tries, but I thought they were no tries. I was, yeah. I was fine with the calls. I know that the process is oh, everyone's got a problem with. I'm fine with that, but I, I had no problem with both of them being no tries. And, yeah. Um, I wasn't too happy a couple of weeks ago when he brought Coop back in purely off the season Morgan had last year. But obviously, he's seen something there with Louis that he doesn't like or it just wasn't working and he thought he could get more uh, out of this situation, which, again, even as a six... At the moment, he's getting it. Yeah, well, playing against Morgan as a six back in the day, I still think he is a better player than Louis, but I just thought after the year he had last year, I couldn't believe he dropped that people, experiment. People so hit quick. the panic button way too quickly on the Cowboys as well. Well, even just those two games, that's what I thought he did as well. But with Coot coming back in, playing a bit of six himself, and also bringing probably a better kicking game than what uh, Morgan does, they've kind of got three halves again. Mm. He's, he's, more, he's a running threat. Like Morgan and uh, Coot are both running threats as well, obviously Thurston. So they're all, it straightens your attack up and it makes the defence accountable. It means they have to defend tighter well, and work harder on the on the outside. He's, so. he's got what he's wanted now in dropping Louis. And like I said, I, I didn't say it the first few weeks and I wasn't a big fan, but. And I like Granville too. He's straightening them up as well. They're all running threats. They they can all attack you through the middle of the well, field. Well, if they do their job in the middle, and he like well, I they've said, got the biggest massive forward pack. Well, that's the thing. The first few weeks, and that's why we're giving it to them. They were absolutely dogging it in the middle. Well, they weren't dogging it. They, they just looked, they just looked lethargic. Now and lacked energy. Now when fatigue. they win the middle of the field, and you got somebody like that who can jump on the back, he's not the biggest nine in the world. But if you give him some room to move, mm. uh, Paul Green had him when he won his first comp at the Queensland Cup. There, he was playing him as a dual nine fullback. He was taking the kick returns because he's such lightning, yeah. and he was playing nine during the sets. So he's bought him there from the Broncos on the cheap for a reason, and uh, all that's come together nicely. But particularly. Could I think I have to give a rap to. I thought, well, with all those injuries, I thought they would have moved him on, to be honest. I really thought it was getting to that point where he was going to end up in the Super League or at another club behind somebody who's a bit of depth. But he's come back in and been close to their best the first two weeks he's played. Mm. Even that Broncos game, they got destroyed. I thought he was their best player that night. He was involved in everything. But, um, yeah, they got three kicking options, three ball players, Greenville at nine, as you mentioned, and they rolled to the middle. Penrith, they're missing Soward, and they really need to sort out the middle of the field. Errors were 14 to 6 as well. You can't make that many errors. But we have to give a rap to Elijah Taylor. He set the new tackling record in the game. And they had more football, can you believe it? They had 53% of the ball, Penrith, to 47. Mm. He made 77 tackles last night. Ridiculous. The record. He beat Highmarsh. He beat Michael Lutt. That's nice. Tackles in a game. Fenton. The bloke is a gun. Yep, he is. Absolute gun. Uh, this week they've got Manly, like we said, 50-50. I think if you're going off the troops still right now, I'd be back in Penrith. Uh, I just think well, we can... it's, it's a massive game for both clubs. But yeah, this is this is huge regardless of the situation because even though they're not really, they're not going to so much be origin affected. You still need to be accumulating wins. Mm. You need to get in a safe position, and it always helps when you're not origin affected. But yeah, losing games now is not going to help that. And uh, the Cowboys, 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 Cowboys. They've got to play Souths in Sydney. Um, I don't know. I get the feeling, again, this is a chance to get another away win, especially while they've got Walker out. Uh, this possible reshuffle, Sutton might not be healthy. I think this is a real good opportunity. Yeah, South's got the longer turnaround, which will help them. Obviously, um, 
the Cowboys got a week turnaround, but South's got the extra two days, mm. uh, which will help oh, wait, almost extra three days. But that'll help them with their injuries. But it, oh, I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, they both get next to near full strength sides on the park, and uh, we get a good Monday night spectacle. Yeah, well, plenty of injuries. Hopefully, the weather improves down here as well. Hopefully, these injuries just stop. So many injuries, yeah. especially these big sides like the Dogs, Lafayette, Morris, and then you got the suspensions. Uh, Roosters, Guerra, Friend, Warrior, Hargroves, Rabbits, Walker, Sutton, Reynolds, G.I. was limping the other night. Panthers, Sour, Brown, Kite, Manu this week. You know, they've had blokes kind of in and out. So uh, it's been a real brutal start there. And there was other judiciary decisions. I think Rapana took the early guilty plea. George Burgess is still up for a charge of things as well. Yeah. So there's a couple other ones I didn't see the decisions on yet that uh, may be missing some game time. But, yeah, it's been a rough start of the year injury-wise and suspension-wise. Has been. But uh, that gets us through the fast five and the reviews of the game. So I think uh, you're staying on for gossip, mate. No, I'm out of here. Just Gornskis, because you can't do the betting or the tips. But uh, I'll be joined by Mr. Gossip next. Now, it's time for your weekly dose of goss from Mr. Gossip. And once again, we're riding solo. It's me, Mr. Gossip. Boxhead, gone. <laughs> Is it good for us now? Uh, he's gone. He, he's got his big wig job. He can't tip. He can't bet. And he, he can't hang around for 10, 15 minutes to have a bit of a gaggle with me and you. We're, we're on the bottom of the food chain. We're out. That's terrible. Oh, well, what can you do? Good on him. <laughs> yeah, we're like the ex-girlfriend. And he's walking around with a new trophy wife under the arm. <laughs> exactly. We're old news. We're the two bitches that hang out and eat ice cream together and talk about how much of a bastard he is. <laughs> Jar of Nutella with a spoon. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Ah, <laughs> oh, mate, mate, mate. It's, uh, much cooking? Yeah, we've got quite a few things to talk about tonight. Um, I guess I'll kick it off with uh, Parramatta. Obviously, uh, had a loss on the weekend. Um, but look, good, some good news for the Eels over the weekend. Um, they re-signed John Palau and Brad Tangerangi. Um, up until the 2017 season. That's good news for them. But I'm also hearing the Eels are hoping to make an announcement um, just after Origin that Bo Scott from Newcastle will be signing with the Eels. So uh, they're very confident. Brad Arthur's a big fan of Bo Scott. Um, so that would be big news for the Eels, I would think. Well, adding in on the, the young forward pack, I, I still kind of think they need a centre, to be honest. But again, um, the way they've been playing that physical style of football, I can understand what direction he's trying to head. Um, Bar the weekend, every game I've watched, I thought if I was a player, I'd definitely be sore and I'd know that I played the Paramount Eels. He's brought the physicality back, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's why I think Bo Scott would, would fit in well. Uh, who knows, he could probably use Bo as a centre, but I think Bo would probably rather play back row or something like that. But, I mean, who knows what the plans will be. They've got to sign him first. Yeah. But um, uh, word out of Paramount is they're, they're quietly confident. So it's good news to them anyway. Yeah, well, fair enough. Not a bad bit of business if you want to keep uh, teaching those young kids and keep the pack angry, but uh, what else is cooking? Uh, I'll go over to Manly, mate. A bit of news out of the chef of Brookvale. Um, look, they're still, the board are still keen to get four and back before round 13. I don't think that it will happen. They're, they're trying behind the scenes to get him back. Um, they're also chasing Titans young gun, Kane Eggley. Um, Kane, uh, not long ago, got a three-year deal from the time that he knocked that back. So it would be interesting to see um, if Manly do get him. Um, and also, uh, we spoke the uh, past couple of weeks about Aiden Caesar, um, who's looking to return to Sydney. Manly's one club and so are the Bulldogs. So some very strange things coming out 
Yeah, well, we had this conversation in the fast five before, and I said to Brock, I'd been hearing similar that they're trying to get Merrin and Foran to flip. And I said, if I'm one of those players, I see no reason why I want to flip. Um, on Merrin's side of things, they've won a couple of games, but financially, they're not going to offer the money. So, you know, that, that was half the problem in the first place. The deals were poles apart, and he's going to a growing club. And on Foran's point of view, same deal. The, the money might get close, but you look at that roster. Lyon's getting older, Stewart's getting older, Matai's getting older. There's going to be a massive turnover eventually. They've, they've got no forwards in there. Um, and even if they do pay him, like what, what, are, what are they honestly going to bring in? Like their, their 20s are doing good and they've got Trebojevic, but that, that side is uh, he, heading, on the, heading on the down slope. They need a massive rebuild. Yeah, that's right. They just need to rebuild and um, they've got the tools to do it. I don't think it's panic stations at Bookvale, but... Um Nah. You know, usually, usually they say five years up, five years down for your for your game, for your for your rosters. But man, they've been quite lucky. They've sort of had a ten year stretch where they've been competitive. So um, it's only a matter of time before they start going down. Yeah, and I think Melbourne will head into the same period once those big three finish off. You won't be able to replace those guys immediately. That's for sure. So um, yeah. I think they're heading to that same point. It's it's slowly but surely coming apart, and it's going to be harder to attract players. And they're not exactly the biggest producer of juniors even though they're leaving their 20s like even if they do win that comp you still generally don't get 200 game first graders out of a, a side that wins the under 20s competition so um, yeah I, I think it's going to be a couple of years of rebuilding that's for sure yeah oh, I agree um, last week I mentioned Sam Tompkins um, to leave the Warriors that's still on the cards you and I both mentioned um, some replacement options for Sam but I can tell you the Warriors are, are very keen on trying to chase two of us Two of us are Sheck, hands down. Uh, this is another thing I brought up earlier with Brock. You know my opinion on Sam Tompkins. <laughs> I'm not his, uh, not his biggest fan. He called himself the Billy Slater and the best thing and the best that and whatever coming from England. I thought he was a flop last year and he's got injury problems and now he's homesick. So for the million-dollar transfer fee and the you know massive paycheck of 700, 750 or whatever he's on, Roger Two of us Sheck is not only a Kiwi-born boy, but they, they can do a Roosters to the Roosters virtually. They can steal... Um, somebody that they've got and, you know, kind of put a bit of work into right from under their noses and bring him home. And what a player. On the weekend in a losing side that was absolutely outdone by the Sharks, 316 metres, nine tackle busts, three line breaks and a try. And uh, I think every week so far, he hasn't got a lot of raps. My God, I think he's killing it back there. Oh, he is. And I, I can't believe there's certain sections of the media um, suggesting that he have a stint at six. That's uh, well, the only... strange, I think. The, the reason for that, uh, the young bloke they're talking about coming in again is is a gun, Latrell Mitchell, who they took from the Central Coast. But uh, as an 18-year-old right now, what I've seen from Latrell Mitchell, and I saw him when he played when he was 15, I don't see... this. I see a very good fullback and a, a bloody good one in the future, but not good enough to move Roger Tuivasa-Shek, uh, you know, from fullback. But if they were to hold on to him and Maloney was a bit older in a year or two, I can kind of understand trying to squeeze them all in. I don't understand how they could do it money-wise. We all know that. Um, but, yeah, from, from the from the Warriors' point of view, I'd tell you what, that'd be, that'd be striking a massive blow if they could take him from under their nose after they've got him back there and the way he's played the first few weeks. He he looks destined to be a really, really good number one. Yep, yep. It'd be interesting to see. We'll follow that over the next couple of months. Um, off to Canberra. Now, Raiders, um, David Shillington, looks like he's going to leave the club at the Money is that he'll uh, link up with Terry Campisi and Dan Tilt um, over at Hull. So another one off to England. 
Well, they're all going over there. I, uh, I, I'll have to give my old club some credit, the old Canberra Raiders, for uh, not only, obviously, they're moving Tilson probably because he's not in the plans, even though they re-signed him last year, but uh, they've given him the dignity. They're going to let him play these few weeks, and he's going to get his 200th game up on the weekend before he leaves to go overseas. But Shillington's in the same boat as uh, that group of Lars, Monaghan, Campisi. They all signed that year I got there on massive four-year deals with a fifth-year option. Uh, they all got injured or had some fun with a dog. They had some issues. So, uh, <laughs> a lot of money was tied up in, in some players that uh, obviously weren't on the field. So, um, yeah, just just looking at it from that point of view, this is a similar kind of situation. They're trying to rebuild. Soliola, Nuasalo being good, Vaughn, Fenson, Papali, um, any money they can free up from a couple of these older blokes, they're going to be able to get on the market. And, uh, you know, if, if it means they have to pay a little bit overs to get a potential kid, um, like a Blake Austin, or if it means they have to dip into England again, in Josh Hodgson, who's been a great player. They have to do whatever they can to try and get quality players down there because I know how bloody hard it is for them to get them, but whatever it takes, they, they need to do it. Yeah, a good servant for Queensland, too, Oh, he had a couple of great years. No, no doubt he had a couple of great years down there, but, um, yeah, heading into the last territory right now. Big money, bit older. It's time to try and reinvest aggressively. Yeah. All right, last one for the night i got, mate. Um, back onto the Roosters, and this this one may be one of the reasons why people are suggesting that two of us to shake the run at six. I've got good and a good authority that uh, James Blaine has been told by the club that he is free to test himself on the open market. So um, look for some hungry clubs to um, start talks with James. Well, well, maybe uh, that's coming to fruition a lot sooner than what I thought. Maybe they are really keen on getting Latrell Mitchell up. Maybe that maybe they feel that Latrell Mitchell can come and play fullback already or Jackson Hastings to play in the halves. One of those two. But um, from what I've seen, I don't know if you've seen any of this kid. Let me tell you, if you get a chance to watch the 20s, I think he's still 18 this year and eligible to play ball. Latrell Mitchell, for anyone out there, if you're a Roosters fan or a fan of football in general, the kid's an absolute freak. But um, well, from what I've seen from Sheck so far, I don't know. Quite, if I if I'd be so keen to move him to six right now, from what I'm seeing of him at fullback, that's for sure. Yeah, I just hope he keeps away from the casino on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, what about what about that? I was very surprised to read that today. I was just like, wow, that that was a pretty dumb move. Yeah, he's in a jail cell and a couple of hours while he's playing on the Sunday. So. Yeah, well, he played twenties and they won sixty-eight to eight. I wonder if he scored a couple. Oh, the big fella. He's uh, he would have been plenty angry when he got out of the pen. 68 today. Yeah. Uh, I watched the Roosters a couple of weeks ago against Penrith and their under-20s were bloody useless. So yeah. Didn't have, a, didn't have a great turnout the first few weeks, but yeah, they had an absolute stormer on the weekend. That was a huge win. Um, well, that wraps us up, does it, champion? Yeah, it does, yes. All right, well, in the tips, uh, we were pretty close, but I think the, the game breaker was that game on Friday. I went the dogs, you went south, so you got the bickies, so you got five, I got four. Uh, you got yeah, I tipped Canberra. I was super, wow. super confident, and I backed them with good old WilliamHill.com, our, our lovely sponsors here on the show. And uh, yeah, very, very happy days. I'm going down there this weekend actually to hang out with the boys, going to watch the storm. So looking forward to the weekend. But uh, you got five, I got four. That takes you to the total of twenty. I'm on sixteen. And uh, as we go through our tips here, we're going to give the odds as well. As we said, brought to you by WilliamHill.com, formerly known as SportingBet.com. If you already had an account with SportingBet. Nothing's changed. It's just been changed to the banner head of Centibet and Tom Waterhouse. They're all under the banner 
of WilliamHill.com. But we kick things off Friday. Gossip at Suncorp Stadium. It's the Brisbane Broncos versus the Roosters. Obviously, they lost Ferguson. Uh, now they've lost Guerra. Rhea Hargraves under question marks with his calf. And Brisbane, I'm hearing murmurs that Hodges is going to play, even though he wasn't named. Um, I'm going to go the Roosters, not very confidently. But, uh, yeah, I, I just think they have to turn it around after that loss last week in particular. They need to really bounce back because that, that was a bit of a shock to the system. Yeah, I'm a bit like you. I can't see the Roosters losing two in a row. But, yeah, wow, they were very ordinary. James Maloney in particular, nine missed tackles. Uh, what, about the, level. what about the chip kick when they had a four on two? Yeah, I just don't know. Like, heads up his ass. I'm not sure what's going on there. But, oh. He, he, that was a terrible performance from Maloney. I, I get it if you got a four-on-four four and Tupo's running through, and that's what he did, but they had a four... Oh, it was, you can cuss, I know, he was bleeding, but there was a four-on-two, and he's like, oh, I'll just kick it. Yeah, it's... Um, maybe it's uh, off-field stuff with him being told he can look for other clubs, I'm not sure, but he's definitely not playing well. Um, Pierce wasn't much better either, but um, look, I'm... <laughs> I've just talked them down, but I'm going to pick them. I'm going to pick the Roosters as well, um, just on the sheer fact that they have to bounce back, and I think they will. Well, I think similar to last week, you did that with South, and I, I kind of wanted to talk myself that way, but I was so convinced the Bulldogs, but uh, the Roosters and South are those two, probably the, the two teams I feel the exact same way. I, two weeks in a row, it's very hard to fathom that either of those sides would go back-to-back with losses. Uh, Friday again, speaking of the Sharkies, you got the great upset. They go, oh, well, sorry, I've just bloody forgot to do the odds. The Brisbane Broncos, <laughs> they're uh, outsiders at home. They're $2. The Sydney Roosters, they're eighty minus one and a half uh, is the line there. I think one to 12 at best for either of these sides. $3.65 for the Broncos, $3.45 from WilliamHill.com. But Cronulla, they go back to the prison. They lost nine in a row at Ramondas, but had a great win last week. Newcastle. 54 possessions inside the 20 against St. George. Zero points after looking so good the first few weeks. Um, oh, I, I always love tipping them at Ramondas. And when, for what I saw last week, I have to. I'm doing it again. I'm going to Sharks. Wow. Yeah. Uh, look, the Knights were disappointing uh, on the weekend. It was almost like they went into the game with a, a, a dry uh, track sort of plan and it started raining and I thought, oh, bugger it, we'll stick with the dry track. But yeah, they went sideways. They didn't get direct in the rain. It was sort of a strange game plan problem. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to tip the Knights, but with not much confidence again. Um, the Sharks are not usually back-to-back sort of winners, so I the Knights. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a pretty hard round, this, and especially I don't think we've had this many injuries or suspensions so early in the year, so um, yeah. it's really chucked a spinner in the works, but... Uh, we've gone opposites there. If you do like the Sharkies at home, they are favourites for the first time, I think, this season. $1.80 uh, at home, or bar round one, they were favourites against Canberra. If you like Newcastle to bounce back after the four wins in a row and then following the loss, they're $2, so a bit of value. Minus one and a half is the same line there for $1.90. Um, I, I always like Sharkies. If they're going to win a game 1-12, to they're not really a 13-plus team, so you can get $3.45 from WilliamHill.com. We go to Saturday, Pertec Stadium. The Parramatta Eels have still got plenty of injuries and problems against the Titans, who have been super tough, I think, in every game they've played. But at Pertec Stadium, I think uh, I don't need to say much more. I'm back in the Eels. Yeah, Eels at home should get it. And the Eels uh, seem to go win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. So got to stick with the Eels um, at home. Titans, as you said, they're putting in, but they probably just don't have the, the star power nah. uh, to match it with the other teams. 
And uh, I think, again, the developing players, I think Mosley was pretty good last week, pretty creative. James Roberts was good. James is uh, is improving after having that year off with injury. So Neil Henry's working with what he's got. And uh, obviously we're hearing plenty of uh, aggressive recruitment. Uh, they need to get a few more of those signings across the line, that's for sure, because they're lacking a few players, uh, especially in their top 25. It's not really a great top 25 at the moment, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Parramatta are heavily favoured at home. No surprise. They have a great win record. They're $1.45 of the Titans, if you like them. $2.80 outsiders. Minus 6.5 is the line you'll get there at $1.91. Uh, I don't know. I, I get a feeling that Parramatta might explode again this week after a flat week. So if you like 13 plus, there's $2.55. There's a bit of value if you think the Titans can get the upset, but a 1-12 at $4.35 from WilliamHill.com. But this game I'm looking forward to on the weekend, Saturday at Mount Smart Stadium. It's the Warriors versus the Tigers. Uh, from memory, they had a very good game last year over in New Zealand where the Tigers were up and the Warriors pegged them back in the second half with about 20 to go and put a couple of tries on. Um, if they hold the footy, they're both conducive to pretty pretty, uh, pretty football. So um, I don't know, mate. What do you reckon about this one? I'm going to hear the Warriors. Um, what they've lost two in a row now. They really need to start, uh, obviously, winning again at home. Um, I think they'll just be too big for the Tigers, I think. We haven't really seen the Tigers come up against uh, a, a team that's got a huge pack, I guess. Well, they did play the Rabbitohs a few weeks ago, but I don't know. I think the Warriors will be too good for them. Yeah, well, I really thought the other night the Warriors just so many errors on play one and two. I thought they had enough ball to beat Melbourne. and they showed when they had the footy, uh, they, they pegged a couple of tries straight after we scored when they kept the football. But, um, you know, take nothing away from Melbourne. They, they did their job. They got points when they needed to. But just so disappointing, the Warriors. And going home, I'm with you. Two in a row and back to New Zealand. I, I think I'd have to lean towards the Warriors at home. It's a different prospect yeah, when they so. get... They've got to start well, uh, the Warriors. They're another team that can chance their arm and try and peg a side back. They've got to start well. If they don't start well, it's, it's good night the Tigers traditionally are fast starters, so yeah, well, interesting. Looks like we're uh, both on with the bookies in that regard. The Warriors at home, a dollar forty-two favourites, which is very heavy after two losses to a team that's been travelling well. But the Tigers, good value uh, if you feel they can get the upset over there at Mount Smart, two dollars ninety minus seven and a half. That's a decent line uh, to have. Yeah, well, that's, that's big odds, isn't it? Yeah, to have a dabble on if you'd like. Uh, one to twelve on the Tigers, four dollars fifty. I like a bit of value there. Uh, that that one doesn't look too bad to me from WilliamHill.com, but. The third Saturday game, it's your boys. It's the Penny Panthers at Pepper Stadium versus Manly. Uh, both struggling the last few weeks. I think this one, to me, is a bit of a bit of a toss of the coin. Um, it, it depends who's back. I think Manly are unchanged, so you're still missing Matt. You're still missing Lyon. Your centres are so important defensively, and they just don't have a forward pack. So even though Penrith haven't been all that impressive, I don't think anyone's missing more troops, regardless of the halves they've got at the moment, than Manly. And yeah, that forward pack's just impotent, so I'm going to go the Panthers. There really is a few, like Broncos, Roosters. I feel Roosters, but they've both got injuries. Um, you know, the Sharks one, I don't know if I can trust them two weeks in a row. The Titans one, I'm confident about the Eels, but they've got a whole bucket load of players out. The Warriors, you, you can't trust them as far as you can throw them. And then this game, uh, 
it's a it's a really rough round after being five in. Usually by now you kind of get some kind of idea, but um, yeah, it's a it's a real tough one to figure out. But the Penrith Panthers are heavy favourites, a dollar forty eight at home. The Manly Seagulls two dollars seventy minus six is the flat line you get there at a dollar ninety one. Um, I'd probably like Penrith more on the one to twelve side of things at three dollars ten. And if I was going to go Manly, it'd be similar deal one to twelve at four dollars twenty five. You get yourself there. But Sunday, a game I'm going to be going to, heading back down to Canberra to catch up with the boys at GIO Stadium. They're playing my mob, the Storm. Uh, enough said, I'm going to back the Storm. I thought Canberra, ultra impressive. I thought Sammy Williams had a great game, especially on the kicking side of things. I thought he balanced out well with Austin and the spine. And Hodgson's an 80-minute hooker. I don't know he's wasting time having a hooker on the bench. That They were really good. But um, I think Melbourne in particular, I want revenge from last year when I went down there in Vaughan broke my heart and uh, made me happy at the same time when he scored that try, so uh, I'm, I'm going to back the storm. Yeah, I was about to say, I remember last year, uh, Canberra winning this fixture and Warney going under the sticks to win the game. Um, you know, I'd like to tip Canberra, they, they weren't too bad against a pretty woeful Manly, but um, yeah, Blake Austin's playing really, really well, I like how he's taking on the line. Um, I think it'll be a bit closer than people predict. I'm going to go the Storms because they're, they're in form at the moment, but um, Yes, it'll be a good game, um, a, a close game, 1-12. to 12. Oh, mate, I'm with you there. I, I don't think it's going to blow up by any stretch of the imagination, but if you like Canberra, you get a bit of value again, $2.80 with WilliamHill.com at home. And, uh, we all know they're trying to rebuild the fortress and the Storm heavy favourites, $1.45, minus 6.5 for line. I think you might even get a bit of value there. I think it might be a one-try game. Um, 1-12 to 12 on Canberra, you like gossip, you get $4.35 from WilliamHill.com if you're interested in having a touch on that sort of thing, so... Uh, looking forward to that one. It's always good to catch up with the boys, but particular uh, to get to watch Melbourne and do that at the same time. I've, it's been a good game the last few years. Canberra always seemed to, similar to the Warriors have been to the Storm, they seem to be a team that Melbourne struggled with, so it should be a good game. Yep. Uh, Sunday, ANZ Stadium. It's supposed to be a Dragons home game, but obviously they've taken it there for the for the gate money, but they're versing the Dogs with a multitude of changes. I think the Dragons are unchanged, but... Clem is out for three weeks with his early guilty plea. Graham's missing four weeks. Lafay's out for eight. Morris from anywhere from eight to 12 weeks. Um, and I'm missing one more. Cassiano had the two-week suspension. So you've got Corey Thompson and Mbaya making up one edge as a centre com- center wing combo. Reynolds is going to be back in at six. Tim Brown starting in the front row. And then they've got Lloyd Perrett and Antonio Cafusi coming back after a lifetime um, to play on the bench. So... I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm going to tip the Dragons. Yeah, I think the Dragons should, should get them comfortably. The Bulldogs' halves have really struggled of late. Um, I think their forwards are getting them over the line without their captain. Yeah, jeez. Oh. This could be anything, really. But I, I guess beware of the wounded dog, as they always say. Bulldogs always play well um, through adversity. So either way, probably wouldn't surprise me if they did get, get a win. But yeah. on current form, the Bulldogs are a forward pack, and that's how they win their games. And without their leading forward, I can't see them doing anything. We had this conversation earlier, man. Brock, he, he wasn't too keen to dabble on it, but I, I've been sticking solid the last few weeks after Hodkinson looked really good with Mbai, and Mbai got five try assists in the few games he played. He's a genuine six. Reynolds is not. He's manufactured. I honestly don't think they can win a comp why they're paired together. And I'm getting word, I don't know about you, that uh, Moses and his manager are putting the foot down that they feel he's done his apprenticeship and even on Dez's side of things, the money they've paid Reynolds and all the discipline problems and the way they're playing that Reynolds might have been a bit on the nose. So uh, I, Absolutely. I don't 
quite know what's going to happen with the Caesar situation. I think that'd be ideal, seeing he's a local kid. But um, if I was Des Hasler, I, I, don't, I don't know. That's just my personal opinion. I'd be probably looking to move on from Reynolds, to be honest. And if Hodkinson did go to Manly, if I had Caesar and buy, I don't think I'd be disappointed. No, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think exactly why um, Caesar's management's been talking with the Bulldogs since early February. Um, it'd be it'd be great for the Bulldogs to get Caesar, local junior. Um, to have him back there, uh, more of a thinking six than, than Reynolds is. Who he's a tough nut, but um, in racing a... terms, he doesn't have the race craft. <laughs> yeah, and again, he's a local junior as well, and I get that. But they bought Leisha over, so if he, you know, he's come into grade as a nine, they had Innes there, they pushed him there. Um, I don't think they're going to push him back to nine now. I reckon Leisha's been very good the first few games. So uh, on that side of thing, people have talked about a running lock. Look at the size of their forward pack; he doesn't fit in that system either. So with this massive deal they've supposedly given him after that, and he's uh, apparently has a clause if he plays one more Origin game. I don't know if they're going to be the Origin halves. He gets another pay raise. So uh, I don't quite know how they're going to fix that. If you told me the last two years in the grand finals they would have had Hodkin- Hodkinson and Caesar as compared to Reynolds, I think that's enough to probably get him across the line. Yeah, right. yeah I agree. But uh, Canterbury, they are still favourites, even with all those changes. They're eighty-seven. the Dragons... They get you a ninety five with WilliamHill.com. I, I don't mind that. I think I might be having a bit of a dabble on the Dragons, even if 1-12 to 12 at $3.60. The Bulldogs uh, on that similar side of things, they're $3.50, and they're not offering a line. So this might end up being a pick game at $1.91 apiece later in the week. But the round wraps up at ANZ again. South Sydney versus the Cowboys. Uh, South Walker's still a week away, they reckon. Sutton's a 50-50 proposition. Uh, Reynolds is obviously going to be out. So if all three of those blokes are missing, given that if Sutton doesn't come back, I'm hearing GI is going to go to six, Johnston to fullback. Um, I'm looking at it from that perspective, and I'm thinking that they are a great side. They're going to battle on, but I'm going to back the Cowboys here away from home. I think they're going to make it three from three and continue this turnaround. Yeah, look, I'm going to go the Cowboys as well. Um, the Rabbitohs, not too dissimilar to Penrith in a lot of ways, where they work off a, a really structured kicking game. I think without without Reynolds, obviously they're going to lose that kicking game. So they're going to play a bit of a bit of different football. Uh, they're really, really going to miss Reynolds and, and the Cowboys at the moment. Full on confidence, uh, seven day turnaround. Um, yeah, Cowboys for me. Yeah, well, the forward pack certainly come back into the picture. You think they can match them there? And the kicking game, you just hit the nail on the head. Adam Reynolds is their kicking game. He's brilliant. Uh, he controlled things so well. Kiri, I know, has got a good short kicking game, but I don't think anyone's got a better field position kicking game in the NRL right now than Adam Reynolds. So uh, with all those changes, I'm definitely with you. Souths are still favourites, though, so more value for me and you here, champion. Uh, $1.75 with William Hill of South Sydney, but the Cowboys are offering $2.10. I think we need to get on that. Um, the line, we get minus two, so you know, probably not too much value on the line, or you don't really want to touch that, but... Margin betting, one to twelve, three dollars seventy for the Cowboys. That's probably the one I'm eyeing off. I think South will still be tough, but uh, one to twelve at three seventy for the North Queensland Cowboys. That's very appealing to me. Yeah, a bit of money to be made this weekend. Mm-hmm. Kids won't be singing for their dinner. Fingers crossed, mate. I don't want to be eating uh, wheat bix with no milk anymore. I need to win. But uh, all those odds, they're brought to you by WilliamHill.com, formerly known as SportingBet.com. So get on there on the website, get the app on your phone, and make sure you bet on the NRL and all sports with William Hill. Dot com, but gossip, mate. Thanks as always uh, for all the inside word. We'll have to have to come up with something to try and entice Brock to hang around and have a chinwag. He, he, he's, he's leaving us in the lurch here. I might have to make him some corrosions or something, maybe. 
You might have to call him and put on the old line of Richie. Hello, <laughs> is it me I'm looking for? Uh, wouldn't be the first time. Uh, that's for sure. I'm the drunk doll. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no worries, champion. Uh, enjoy your week and hopefully the pennies get a win for you. Thanks, brother. Talk to you next week. See you, mate. And a big thanks, as always, goes to Mr. Gossip. If you want to catch him on Facebook, type in NRL Gossip, and his Twitter handle is at NRL Gossip as well. And uh, all the odds you heard there and the lines for the games are brought to you by WilliamHill.com, formerly known as SportingBet.com. Make sure if you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, it is with WilliamHill.com. And if you want to take advantage of those odds and get some advice, you should hit up our friends, the NRL Profits. Because if you're tired of constantly losing money to the bookies, it's time you joined the NRL Profits. Over 70 units of profit in the 2014 season. The service includes quality betting recommendations for rugby league, including the NRL and also the Super League. So you get the best of both worlds there and a bit of advice that could help you have a punt with companies like WilliamHill.com and win against the bookies. So the NRL Profits has a special offer to all our listeners of the fifth and last podcast. It's a 10% discount of all the access, uh, of the all access profits packages. So visit NRLProfits.com. Profits is P-R-O-P-H-E-E-E-T-S, sorry, uh, forward slash fifth and last. So NRLProfits.com forward slash fifth and last to take advantage and profit with the NRL Profits. But for now, that brings us to the conclusion of the show. We've had the Fast Five. We've done the game reviews. I've had Mr. Gossip on for you. You've got all the odds. Thanks to WilliamHill.com. And like I said, be sure to have a look at the NRL Profits. They can help you there. Hopefully capitalise on some of the odds given to you by WilliamHill.com. But that brings us uh, to the end for another week. Hopefully everybody had a wonderful Easter with your families and enjoyed your long weekend. Um, enjoy the football this weekend, guys, and enjoy your week. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where you, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.